0: My name is Giovanna. You're listening to Arbit. In this episode, this salon was dedicated to the opening reception for the exhibition Take Preciousness Collab No. 2 A Calling for Utopia. View the show online at slash collab 2slash.
1: So let me go ahead and stop sharing for the moment, and then we'll go back to that once um, once we get everything started. So we can go ahead and start recording now because now we're like ten minutes. In. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and do a countdown. Okay, doc. All, right. All right. We are recording in five, four, three, two, one, and
2: recording in progress.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to our Text and Virtual Salon. Today, we've got a bit of a different salon. Um, It's actually going to be a little bit of a walkthrough slash, you know, opening for our second Text and Virtual... Ah, wow, I can't speak. Our second Text Freshism Virtual Collab Project. Um, It's been in the works for quite a few months, Um, a bit longer than what was originally intended, Um, but such is the way of things because, you know, we're all kind of working on our own projects and things get pushed aside sometimes, but it's all good. Still care about you, still care about the work that you do, still care about this project. Um, But if you are just tuning in or have no idea what the Tech Expressionism collab project um, is, it's a project that I kind of envisioned that was inspired by that famous collab all those years ago between Basquiat and Warhol. And I thought, you know, because this is the day, that day and age that we live in and that te- technology is already connecting us um, to one another through things like Zoom and Discord and Facebook and all these other things, why not create a um, a collaboration art project Utilizing some of those same tools, Um, like we might not be able to physically be working alongside each other, but, you know, virtual is kind of the next best thing, um, especially in the context of, you know, an ongoing pandemic that still hasn't quite abated. So, you know, just wanting artists to be able to further connect with each other and produce great artwork um, in a virtual context. So that gave rise to this project. And this is our second one. The first one um, was now several months ago. Um, and this one actually technically concluded right around March of this year. But you know, things got pushed aside, and it's been long going. But it's finally here. <laughs> and I'm finally glad to be able to show you guys um, all this wonderful work that has been created um, during that time period. And it's been a joy to work with the artists, um, joy to work with you know, Brandon and Colin on getting this together and getting this on the road. And, yeah. So we have, in this, in this particular uh, collaboration, there are seven pairings. Um, you would think that that also would mean there's 14 artists, but no, there's actually 13 artists. And <laughs> um, because there was a little bit of... Um, Uh, Well, things happened, (laughs) as they do sometimes, and um, one pairing ended up getting paired off with two people, which there was nothing wrong with that. I thought that was actually pretty interesting to see what kind of work this this same artist did with two other artists, so we'll get into that. Um, But yeah, um, and with that, I think I can go ahead and start going into the exhibition, which is done virtually using a platform called Kunstmatrix, which we have a digital partnership. And the name of this, titled by Brandon Gallis, is A Calling for Utopia, who also, he's the one that is responsible for, you know, actually how the exhibition itself looks, and he also did the write-up, so I'm going to give him his credit where credit's due, even though he doesn't feel like he's done a whole lot, so I'm putting you on the spot, Brandon. Take take that praise. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and enter the exhibition. So first off, we'll see kind of an overview of the room here. Actually, I might be able to make this full screen. Ah, yes. All right. Cool. All right. And we have our seven pairings here. Um, A few of these are not, well, not a few, but um, there are actually members of, our one artist here who at least did a, um, was part of the project from the first time, and that's Negin. But this is all seven of our groups, our pairings, and the write-up, which I'm not sure if you guys want me to read from it, but, you know, I'll I'll go ahead and narrate this. The calling for utopia. There seems to always be so much duress in the world. To cope, heal, and respond, artists often seek to create romantic notions of reality, fantasies, and wishes of utopia. The ability for artists to speak to others across physical and virtual spaces encourages new opportunities for dynamic and meaningful collaborations and explorations. The artwork presented in this exhibition serendipitously comes together as a series of idealized realities. Our text-precious artists harnessed mixed media and digital art to address concerns of ecology and conservation. Others have developed rich photographic compilations considering re-envisioned worlds, and some explore the coexistence of the digital and natural worlds. We are presenting work that questions social, political, and cultural norms through international, collaborative, and hopeful eyes. We are grateful and proud that you are here to join us today. And that was written by Brandon, who is one of the participants in this project. All right, let's get a move on. Now, fair warning, um, the (laughs) control scheme can be a little wonky at times. Um, I've actually flown through a wall before. It it happens. So if I, like, randomly kind of just blip off, It will come back. All right. And here we have um, Darcy and Michael Pointer's collaboration. There's two works here, um, titled Garage Sale and Orchestration. Now I want, let's see, can I get Michael and Darcy to speak a little bit about their collaboration? You want to go first, Darcy? Well, um, okay. <laughs> I don't hear Darcy.
3: Um, you know, Darcy's work is is so much about the interior, at least the, the work that we used to uh, to start this collaboration with.
4: And
3: I wanted to bring the exterior to her interior, and and you know, illustrate the emotional content of a home and, and how it expresses itself to the world and, and to the people who love it uh, within the context of, of Darcy's uh, wonderful colors and compositions uh, of her interiors. Darcy?
5: <laughs> well, um, actually, um, I have a series called the Inside and Outside Pictures, and so it wasn't just inside, it was also outside, and uh, uh, I have images that I have painted in a virtual world using tilt brush, so basically painting 3D light sculptures uh, in, a, in a virtual world. And uh, I'm accustomed to taking snapshots of various pieces of those in the real world. And so Michael and I looked at each other's work and we both do some stuff with photography. I'd say he's a really great photographer. And uh, so um, we used his photographic images and pieces of some of my light sculptures to overlay, the color on a lot of his black and white work, which was kind of interesting. And um, it was fun for me to play with um, uh, ambiguous space that existed in his more abstract photographs, which you'll see not on this picture, but on the right hand picture more than on this one. So this one started with one of Michael's photographs. I guess they both started with Michael's photographs. Well,
3: I think the the, the one on the left was actually uh, an interior that you did that I merged my, my black and white photograph House and dodge.
5: Food. Yes, exactly. You can actually see the chair.
3: Yeah.
5: In that, from my interior to your exterior, yeah. Right. So, uh, Which is a sort of different kind of way of collaging, really. Yeah. And then, of course, in Photoshop, you can also uh, work on it to uh, do whatever you kind of can do in Photoshop.
3: Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed. It.
5: Yeah, it was fun. It was fun talking uh, with Michael, and um, you know, we're kind of a couple of senior level artists, and you know, we were just fun talking to each other about our lives and what we've done and where we come from and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a nice way to connect with another person, another artist.
1: And that was one of the primary goals that I sought out with this project. So I'm glad that uh, there were connections definitely made. <laughs> yeah, it was
3: great. I enjoyed
1: it. And the work looks absolutely lovely. Um, and I just I keep finding myself zooming into various parts and just examining some of these like, minor details um, that you can find within either the, the photography itself or just some of the elements that have been like layered over it in the collage. Like, I'm not sure. Is there some? Was there something on the chair? Because it looks like there's something sitting on the chair here.
5: Oh yeah, when I do these, when I have, you know, I take my AR artworks and I put them in real environments. So the software I have, which was a custom software, allows me to go all around the AR object, get inside of it, and see the world through it. And different sections of it and put it in different places and have it be different scales. And so I can take snapshots in that way. So I'm actually, it's also a kind of collage, I guess, of putting the virtual and the real together. So whatever is in the environment, I love the complexity and the chaos of it. So for sure, there could have been things all over everything.
3: Right. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also
5: like to keep any artifacts of the technology itself that kind of show up like marks of a grid or something like that. Uh, all that kind of works for me as well. Right.
3: Yeah I I enjoy the artifacts a lot. That's that's what got me interested all the way back in 2010, which is new to most of you guys, but that's that's really kind of when I started playing artifacts in treatment. I think it's one of those things
1: um, It was mentioned, I can't remember who mentioned this, but there's a couple of salons ago where there was a discussion about how you had to kind of maintain like the elements of the medium that you're working with and like try not to fight really against it or try to get rid of it. And I think artifacts and digital medium is mediums is kind of one of those things where, you should be embracing them at times like, if you really want to because they're inherent, like it's an inherent part of the medium.
6: Um,
5: yeah, I don't go with saying should do something. It's just, <laughs> it, I enjoy the uh, visual complexity that it adds and that's why I often keep that, you know, everything that happens. Right. Visual, you know, in, the, in, the, in the environment.
3: Well, it's part of the process. You know, and, and it it's, it's one of those happy circumstances that's it's, uh, serendipitous in a way, but it also forms a node that you can pivot your creativity on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, that being said, um, is there anyone in the audience that has any questions for Darcy or Michael about um, these two works or their process? Yeah. See, there's a couple of comments about, um, well, praise, definitely praise, <laughs> that's gone throughout. Oh, Roz wants to know, uh, can you speak to the process? How much back and forth was there done?
5: There's quite a bit of back and forth, actually.
3: Yeah, we uh, spent a lot of time. Talking about it.
5: Yeah, we talked a lot. And, uh, I mean, I don't know about Michael, but I deferred on his choice of which of a version of something he liked better and, You know, we just, uh, I think we both appreciated each other's work to begin with, and it just was fun and easy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I want (laughs) to (laughs) paint in VR.
5: I keep inviting you with your Oculus Quest goggles to come to my world and play in there and see what it's like to enjoy art when you're completely immersed and surrounded by it. It's a very, Different
3: experience.
1: No, no. Uh, Cynthia would like to know, were the elements layered in Photoshop?
5: Uh, um, not exactly. The two different images were put together uh, in Photoshop, I guess. Michael, I forget how we did this, actually.
4: Well,
3: I, you know, it a combination of things. I... I used uh, I actually used Pixar to uh, to to create negatives and uh, and, and erase that. Um, I don't know it, it's it's a real simple way to, to get a lot of things done. Uh, Photoshop isn't it doesn't work that fast. So uh, part of that was on my phone, and then I kind of I cleaned cleaned things up and added some things in Photoshop, like the circle, embedding the circle, broke it into layers. And, you know, and yeah. Tried to make it a little more
5: three-dimensional. Yeah, I took um, one of my uh, snapshots of one of my uh, I call them light sculptures, and I uh, simplified it by making areas that are transparent. And then I put the whole thing on top of the photograph. And then I started playing with the space itself in the photograph and emphasizing uh, depth and space where I wanted it by color, basically. And by aggregating areas that maybe combine things to, to, to sort of pull out Image, some kind of imagery that was not so obvious or dominant in the original photograph. Is that sort of clear? No. No. <laughs> the oh, photographs were very rich. I thought the photographs were very rich. And it was a lot of fun for me to, um, and they were grayscale. Or sort of black and white right. and so um, I can aggregate areas to flood them with color in various ways to create different space on the picture plane. Is that clear? No. Yeah. Best what you can do.
1: Uh, yeah I think that was a great explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, thank you very much, Darcy and Michael. And Michael, you'll be speaking again later. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm right here. Got it. All right, well, thank you very much. Um, I guess we'll move right along to the right. And this is the collaboration between um, Malavika and Ryan. And I know I saw Malavika
2: a bit earlier. Is uh, Ryan, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I was gonna let Malavika go first. All right. Oh, you want me to talk? Okay. <laughs> Hello,
7: everyone. Hi. Okay. Uh, uh, the day they announced about the selected artist for this collab, too. I think the same day uh, we had the salon also, and in that Rayan was presenting his uh, artwork, and uh, I liked the part how he was explaining through the sound how he creates the art, and that's how uh, I thought of approaching him for uh, collaborating with me, and uh, he said, okay, fine. He also saw my work and I hope (laughs) I didn't force him. He liked it and he joined with me. So uh, the thing started with understanding each other's uh, technique. Uh, I tried to understand that how he develops because he's having some limitations and definitely some plus points which I don't have in uh, my uh, tools. I use generally photo sh- photographs, and after that, through Photoshop or Photoshop, I'm developing the work. And uh, Ryan use uh, generally using his own algorithm, music algorithm for creating the work. So we did first two, I mean the top two we did first, and the bottom two we did second. Uh, each one, sending each one's work. Now, best part I liked it, he told me that I have to send a song. (laughs) Uh, So, I thought, okay, uh, whether he able to manage my uh, Bengali song or not, but still I thought, okay, let me give him three different uh, songs and from that, he selected the Bengali one, that's the best part. And uh, that song was related with the Rains, and I find it so beautiful that he tried to understand the song and as for that, he developed the work. He tried to use the colors which is explained in the song. It's, uh, uh, the name was uh, Monomore Megyo it's related with the rain. So our work is basically uh, related with the joy and happiness and uh, blooming. So, I understood that he cannot uh, work on an already ready space. So, whatever work I give, I try to give a little bit of empty space where he can combine something. Uh, because uh, I think that is the part of the collaborative to understand each other's technique, the plus points. And uh, as per that, if he works, it comes out better. So, that's how we did. I think, Ran, you please
2: something. Sure, sure. So, first, I'll say it was an absolute pleasure to work with you. Uh, and, you know, having never done this type of thing before, it was just great to, to have another artist's perspective on just how to do things. Because um, I'm, I'm just totally new coming into this. So, I'm, just, I'm so glad I, I got to work with you. Um, so as she was kind of talking about, uh, my limitations are I have algorithms that, that process these songs into different forms of, of what you're seeing. And, uh, that's it. Uh, I, I can't really take a, a still image or anything like that and kind of shape it how I want. It's just kind of based on the data of the song. And, uh, so what we kind of came up with was with Malavika would, would kind of give me that, that black empty space around. And I would use, uh, you know, I have, hundreds of algorithms that I I can kind of see like, oh, I can kind of fit this one around uh, in this direction. So I would use the song that she picked uh uh, and then uh, kind of use that data to to shape it around the black space.
8: Can you explain your um, algorithms a little bit more? Like what software do you use to do this?
2: Yeah, so uh, algorithms in general, um, I, I create. Um, it's the, uh, the plotting or the, the software that, that does the visualization part of it. Um, that's kind of MATLAB, kind of uh, Python, that kind of stuff. Um, but all the algorithms um, I've, I've done myself. So kind of doing the, uh, the processing of the, the music that's, that's just using a lot of math to, to kind of figure out how, how to pick out the data. And then, uh, yeah, the algorithms are just kind of shaping that data in certain ways.
1: Uh, there, there were actually some requests to um, to know what songs um, explicitly were used to create some of the works here. So I guess when you guys have time, um, you can you can go ahead and share the uh,
2: share the links to the songs that were used. Because yeah, I'm I actually I'm curious that. myself. As uh, Malavika said, uh, she gave me uh, a couple songs to to try, and I, I said I, I just love hearing different uh, like foreign music to me, right? Uh, I have no idea what they're saying, but it sounds...
7: <laughs> no, but I explained that you try to find the meaning. I mean, uh, Andrew, you have taken that word also for uh, giving the title also. Both the songs are from um, uh, Gurudev Ravindraja's He He's a uh, great poet, writer, and artist also. So both the songs are, pro, uh, uh, are by him. And uh, uh, one song is related with the rain, the other one is related with the spring. So uh, I find it the way he has picked up, I mean, Jan picked up the forms and the colours. I really appreciate. And uh, another thing, what why I thought of uh, Rian is my subjects are all related with five elements of life, and he was using sound. So that first thing attracted me to work
1: with him. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember Ryan's presentation, <laughs> and I was like, that is really cool. And if I knew, I knew somebody was going to want to work with him at at some point because it, it was really neat. <laughs> um, oh, and one. One thing that I want to ask, because I, I, I actually forgot to ask the previous pairing, and you know, I guess I can circle back to them at some point. Um, how did you come up with your titling for some of these pieces? Because this one is Blue, um, Blue, Horizons, Blue Horizon Nature's Delight. Uh, the one uh, on the left, Is impossible <laughs> Pursuits? And then the one on top on the left is Moving with the Wind and the top right is the vibration of silence.
7: So as I, uh, Rayan will give his one, but I can tell my one. <laughs> my, uh, I have given the, uh, uh, the vibration word I added because uh, as I said, my, I have used the joy and the blooming. And uh, the song is related with the rain and the spring, so which gives life. And uh, uh, the sound is the part which added by Rion, so that's how I thought of the, uh, using these two names. And what Rion uses again, I think it's from the up from the song only. Am I right? Leon? Yeah.
2: Yeah, though I think it was part of the lyrics or what I understood of it. <laughs> Got it.
7: Because Nil Digante is the meaning of blue sky. I mean, when when the blooming starts, uh, when the uh, spring starts. It's so it's just the leaf stars coming out, so because there's the blooming sky, and uh, the other one. I'm sorry, i just.
5: have. Uh, blue
7: horizon is also related with uh, rains. So it's all picked up from the our, our songs.
1: All right, thank you. Does anyone have any questions for Ryan or Malika about their work? Da, 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 da. Scrolling through the chat yeah, in case I, I, I missed something. Question.
9: I have a question. Uh, uh, Ryan said that um, he could not understand the songs. He did not um did not have access to the language and interpretation of the songs. So I wanted to know um, from Malavika's perspective, given that he did not have uh, access to a, a native language in hearing the music, hearing the songs, is there any evidence or are the evidences of understanding that he, picked um, intuitively, uh, do you see this in the works that were finalized? Do you see an understanding that he could not um, have access to by reason of understanding the
2: language? Oh, can I, can I interrupt real quick? Uh, so I, I definitely looked up the lyrics uh, and, and had it translated. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
9: I I wanted to explore the intuitive component if you had not. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Okay. I
2: I cheated a little. Sorry. No, it's
9: not a cheat. It's not a cheat. (laughs) But it would have been interesting to see if you had revealed an understanding that you would not otherwise have access to, Mm -hmm. you know. But but it's cool. It's cool. Thanks.
1: Oh, it did... I did catch a question from earlier from Cynthia. I keep losing it though. Hold on. Oh, um so this is about Blue Horizon. Um again, Cynthia wants to know who um started the piece first. Uh yeah. Orion so started it first.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it was those those colors I was trying to do a a sunrise and a and a kind of a a sky there with the blue. So those are the colors. It fits very well. <laughs>
9: <laughs> and, and who added who added that um, plateau that's in the background? That's I uh, I did. it's just it, piece is stunning. I think the the work between you and Ryan just <laughs> is <incredible. laughs>
7: Actually speaking, that is the last work. I mean, slowly, slowly we start understanding maybe that's the reason. That's the last work we did. And, uh, uh, and these are the photographs I have taken. I mean, this is a mixed photograph. It's not one. I think some four-five photographs are there in this when I created this uh, landscape. Uh, and uh, it's having... Uh, there is a place called Ladakh here. Then there is a place... Uh, uh, I mean, I, I stay near Bombay, in Bombay, nearby. There are a lot of places out there where the hills are there. So, all different that I have included in just to
9: create that. Wonderful. Ryan, are you responsible for that twisting that occurs at the bottom with all the dots and the red and blue? That's a lovely shape.
2: Uh, Malavika, did you make that curve or did, was that two different ones? <laughs> Like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, I did. <laughs> that's what I thought. It's been, yes, I... I feel like it's been like five months or so. It, since it's we been did a while, this. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful
9: collaboration.
1: It, it really is. Thank well, you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And I think giving, giving that much time in between Doing it and then seeing it again after all this time, it gives you a little bit of a different perspective too. Um, just being able to look back like that. Oh, uh, Colin wants to know: Is, this, is each of the four pieces based on a different song, or some different takes on the same audio track? Yeah, it's, it's
2: it's I think the two top ones are the same, and two bottom are the same. Is that right, Malika? Olivia?
7: Yeah, correct.
2: Yeah. Okay. But
7: I didn't. I didn't take uh, the song as my inspiration. I just took the subject as the inspiration. Uh, the two sections, the blue horizon, and uh, the top one, the longer one, uh, moving with the wind. These two are based on song, I and mean, in which Rian developed first, and then I have worked on that. The other two are I have developed first, and then Rian have worked all right we have followed them all. we have totally followed the rules what you have told us <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean the, the the rules that i gave were like just
7: <laughs> no but i tell you i tell you one thing somewhere we felt that we we did both the way i mean there was one where you have written no, that one was can go through and through again so in the song one, we were feeling that way, that I'm sending the, he asked me the song, and I sent the song, then he did that. Then again, I have worked on that. So there, the process was as per that concept. But uh, other way, if I see, so it is like one artist is giving to other artists and then working on that.
1: Yeah. That's that's actually how I originally envisioned the, the project work. Like, on it's a base level, that, that's ha- kind of how I felt like it was going to be. Almost like maybe artists playing catch with each other. It's like they throw a ball, and then you scribble on it, and then the person that receives it scribbles back and throws it back and goes back and forth like that. But <laughs> on a, that's kind of how it was on a base level, in my mind, anyway. But, of course, other people are going to have their own interpretations of how it's going to work. And, you know, it. I, I'm not going to stop you from doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that's wrong, but it's it's been wonderful seeing the interpretations um, and spins that you guys have taken on just the collaboration project itself. Like, I, I feel like I'm just providing the baseline. Like, you can build whatever you want on top of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: But uh, thank you for this uh, collaborative idea. We really enjoyed
1: it. Good. Glad to hear it. And we, this this will not be the last one, I promise. <laughs> it definitely won't be. All right, so moving right along, we have another work that's actually our first triptych in the collab um, between C and Michael Price. And I'm not sure if C was able to make this, day. I know her schedule's pretty darn busy. Um, but I think Michael, uh, Michael Price is here. Yes, I'm here. Ah, Roz apparently knew your work before
4: no
6: apart before I even it. Um yeah, are you gonna say something first or do you want me to just get right into it? Um I, I was actually just kind of looking at it again. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so. I, I, I love I love this one. I, I love the fact that it's a triptych, for one. And I don't know, it there's there's an emotion that it's evoking that I can't quite put my finger on what it is. But it's very it's very, very interesting. But one of the first things that comes to mind is almost like religious iconography for sure. Yeah. yeah that's one okay. of the more blatant ones coming out. All right. Yeah, you, you can go ahead and speak about um, your collaboration with C. So
6: I reached out to C once the once you had kind of put the call out Davo to for the second collab, and I was really fascinated by C's work that she was taking modernizing, if you will. Um, Sort of old uh, religious uh, thematic uh, kind of Renaissance type uh, pieces. Um, like she, she had the Mer- uh, the Virgin Mary in one piece with a cell phone with a TV, and she was doing it in a in a respectful way. She wasn't doing she wasn't doing things in any sort of mocking uh, tone. But she was, she was looking, it, it seemed to me that she was coming from a place of wanting to modernize sort of the, uh, the feeling that, that art had back then for religious themes. Obviously, the church was the sponsorship of most of the artists back then. Um, and I, there was something about her work that really resonated with me, um, even though my aesthetic is different than hers. Um, I felt a real connection. So I contacted her. We decided to do the the partnership. And um, I liked the idea of the old religious triptychs, and she was a big fan of that as well. And I said, okay, well, let's let's try to come up with our own triptych. And um, so we... We did our collaboration uh, a little bit differently than others, I have to say. Our collaboration was primarily uh, brainstorming and then doing a preliminary, through her doing preliminary sketches, me doing preliminary sort of mock-ups of um, using some of my AI software. Um, and we looked to see uh, kind of where we were going. So we did a back and forth that way. We had a number of Zoom meetings between the two of us. And um, what I what I settled on with the modern, you know, going the modern route, I said, why don't we do a crucifixion, a modern crucifixion, um, where the... It's instead of the Gutenberg Bible, now we have today uh, cell towers, televangelists, um, the, the medium of the internet. And so now this becomes our new mode of sharing. So what we decided on, I was going to do the central imagery and she was going to do the two smaller side panels. And so our collaborative element is we did our own work on the panels, but we reviewed each other's progress and we gave each other feedback. And so the, the thing that, the thing for me that sort of represented the crucifixion, if you will, in one way was this notion of using the cell tower as kind of the central pillar of the cross and then the, the TV symbols with the two hands that uh, C came up with um, was was kind of like the Christ figure, if you will. Um, and the tears were like the blood flowing. And and so some of it's rather overt. Um, but you you'll see that you'll see that uh, figure at the base of the cell tower, the the mannequin figure there. That was my. I wanted to have kind of a Buddhist representation of this that took it away from pure Christianity and added a sense of spirituality more so than religion. So even though we kind of used religion as the gateway into it, our message is more universal and personal at the same time. That's what we were really going for, that even though this exists in a modern mass media uh, environment, people are looking for things beyond just the spoon fed. Unfortunately, I hate to, you know, I'm not trying to be negative on religion, but um, I think we were going for something that, that took it beyond that, to, to be both universal and personal at the same time. Whether we succeeded or not, who knows? But that's kind of the motivation that we had. And it was really challenging for us. We both felt uncomfortable work, physically working on the other person's work, um, the actual actual, uh, imagery, but we worked on each other's work creatively from a distance and from our evaluations of what we were seeing and what we were feeling. And originally, the color palette for C's two side panels was different. It was more of a magenta background. That blue was magenta. And I was trying to make the central pillar more complementary and not of the same palette, but to, to kind of complement it. She didn't really, she, she felt like that was uncomfortable with that, so she decided to go with my central color palette instead. I tried to convince her not to do that, but I respected her decision, and so, you know, we have something that, that has a very um, uniform sort of color palette. So, that that's that's my story, and that's I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a really great. I, I actually, I love this one a lot. Um, now, there is quite a bit of chatter on regarding, um, I'm sure you guessed, the the numbers and formulas that kind ah. of appear at various points, like right around yes. here yes. and at the top. Yes. So, I'm so, sure there's significance at some level what those are. Yes,
6: and some of it... So. So some of it I wanted to be completely random and obtuse um, because, again, I didn't want it to be completely identifiable. That I guess for me, I'm, part of my rebellion on all of this is that there are no easy answers. Uh, for me, spirituality is a very singular path and one that everybody chooses to walk in whatever way is is most uh, beneficial for them, whether or not they're uh, following their religion or not. And so I wanted some of this to make people's uh, head scratch a bit to see what meaning they might derive in there. There are a couple formulas. The The one that's off to the left... Yeah, the one that's got the integral with x to the m dx. Yep. Um, there's, there are a number of neuroscientists that are looking for really hard science uh, notions of consciousness, and um, that's part that's part of that equation and. Uh, Some of the others I I threw in, I scrambled some numbers like pi and a few other things like that, that the numbers are are changed around. Um, So there are some things to find in there, but there's just a lot of nonsense as well. And that was my kind of Dadaist commentary um, on modern religion at times. (laughs) so i i I didn't want to be completely overt about it but now i'm telling you my secret behind the scenes i guess (laughs) i i feel the same way
1: with some of my art sometimes because there there are times there's just i think no i want i want to see what you interpret first yes Yes. and then i'll and then i'll come with what i was thinking yes and i i think
6: as artists we often do that
10: yeah
1: Um, Cynthia wants to know um, why the division with the purple segment in the central tower?
6: Ah, okay. (laughs) Yes. So, for me, it's the difference between if you looked at the tower as like a human body, the torso, the head and the torso, this splits it off between the legs. And to me, this is... The challenge that I see in front of established religion today versus coming to grips with modern science and the insistence that old texts must be interpreted literally by a lot of people in the world, and that cuts the body in half because it's unrealistic. It's, it's taking something that was metaphorical, symbolic, uh, and trying to make it literal. And so for me, the, I was literally cutting the body in half uh, to say that, no, you can't do that. You have to deal with the world today. It's not, It's otherwise you're living in two different disparate worlds that can't come together. And it needs to come together. So that's that was the reason for that. And the color purple in a lot of traditions is the color of the high spiritual color. It's the color of God, if you will, or the you know, the high the high self. All right.
9: Fascinating, Michael.
6: Oh, thank you. Thank you. This was a challenge for both of for both C and myself. This was not easy, but we were really, really grateful with how the end turned out. So, um, I think every pairing had I'm sure had its own challenges, as we've heard previously. Um, but the rewards are so much, so much. Um, you couldn't have predicted it. You know, I couldn't have predicted how this would have turned out. I had no idea we were going to go this route. Um, but I knew that the heart would be there. I just didn't know what the embodiment would be.
1: Sorry, I'm still. Oh, I. <laughs> this is one of the ones I, I I like to come back to and just look at it sometimes because.
6: And and thanks to you, Davo, for for the impetus to, to to do this. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for running with it because <laughs> I I wanted to be in the first one but I was too timid, so I just said, okay, maybe I'll wait till later, and when the second one came about, I said, oh, hell, I'm just going to go for it.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that kind of sounds like how how our uh, interactions kind of date back to the start of our interactions with the movement, so. (laughs) But it's great. I I really love this piece, or these pieces, rather. Thank you. Um, And... There's a lot of people reading all sorts of interpretations um, for for this particular piece. Um, yeah. References like the Tower of Babel. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So much, and like there, there is a lot that this is communicating.
6: Well, and and the one tear that's from the hand, that's kind of like you know uh, the nail in the hand for Christ. But right. then from the that the other hand that's kind of pointed, you've got three. Those are tears, And so that you've got kind of the, you, you've got the double-edged sword sometimes of what religion can be for people and how it's also been used as a weapon. Right. And, and I think, you know, both, both C and I are very spiritual, but at the same time, we've seen how, how spiritual matters have also been weaponized. And I think for both of us, we were trying to be very cautious about that. And I think part of the imagery was just wanting to be hopeful, but at the same time tempered so that it wouldn't be uh, a blatant beat over the head of people, so.
1: (laughs) Got it, got it. All right, scanning through the chat. um, See if there were any other questions that I may have missed. I don't think so unless anybody has any um, questions they'd like to speak um, before we move on. Does anybody have anything?
9: Well, um, I have an observation. Sure. Um, The uh, radiating circles that uh, represent, you know, communication in our age, um, given the overall feel of the presence of the stigmata, and uh, the Tower of Babel uh, configuration, uh, s- symbolism. Uh, I think that that those radiating communication symbols uh, reflect the Great Commission, and you may not know what the Great Commission is, but it is the capstone of the New Testament in which uh, Christ tells his disciples, to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, okay, to spread the message of the good news of, of his uh, death and resurrection. So I find that um, it has a very modern connotation, that symbol, but also uh, an ancient embodiment and something that really is at the core of, of Christianity as it is written and as it is practiced. So I just wanted to add that.
6: Yeah. Thanks, renata
9: Vernada. Vernada. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. No
9: worries. No worries.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, it's unfortunate that Steve couldn't actually be here today, but I'm, I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna definitely like once the video goes live I'm gonna message her the YouTube link and it's like
6: hey this you, you should watch this just 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 go ahead and watch it. <laughs> I hope I didn't misrepresent her. I did, I really tried my best not to so. <laughs> right.
1: Well maybe maybe she'll have a chance to make her own comments a little bit later. Um, I hope so. I yeah. really do. But, all right. Well thank you um, thank you Michael. For, for your time and your part of this amazing project. And I hope you get a chance to participate later. Like, I, like that, that's one of the things. Yes. I, would love, I would love to see your work with other, um, other artists as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move right along because I'm realizing that we are now an hour in and we are at just under halfway through everything. So. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. I'm gonna try to speed things up a little bit. Uh, um, so we have the collaboration between Michael Pointer again and um, Cairo Ramond. Ram- Ramondi? Ramond? Ramonde. Ramonde. See, that's actually fairly close to my middle name, because my middle name is Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Caro Ramonde. And Michael, so what do you, who wants to speak first? Go ahead, Carol.
0: Okay, okay. It was uh, very interesting uh, collaborating with Michael. Um, Mm. It was hard at first to combine our artworks as it was kind of our babies and touching it doesn't feel appropriate, you know, to change the, the, the way it was made, uh, uh, my, my artworks start with oil paintings and uh, then I use tech to change it. And um, Michael sent me his artworks and uh, I, I did a kind of uh, more, uh, my work was on the gray one that it was more a uh, dystopian reality. I really love his his piece as a starting piece that is the planet and the people like screaming like zombies with, so I add my my serpent that it was made on oil painting and then uh, uh, intervened with with the some programs and I I think I love the result. <laughs>
3: it, One of really... the interesting things about that piece is that the uh, I I traveled with a mine company, we mine the mime Those people are are MIME performing a piece called Angels Rising. So it, it, it Works really well huh? mm-hmm. in that context, it does.
0: Because the serpent, uh, the artwork, uh, the name of the, ad- the artwork is serpent of creation, and it's kind of uh, the meaning of reborn and uh, a deep uh, inside uh, a deep meaning in the alchemical art that I love. Uh, So, it bonded really well with Michael's artwork, and I love the result, it was a perfect collaboration. Thank you for inviting us, of doing this, to do this, because otherwise (laughs) this shouldn't ever happen.
1: Oh, it wouldn't have happened without you too, like this needed your input as well.
0: (laughs) So, I I thank you. Yeah. This will be perfect as an NFT. Also, <laughs> <laughs> it will be really successful. I
7: think. I
1: remember when I first saw that, I was almost getting like, um, like the serpent from the Genesis story. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was what immediately came to mind. Yeah. And then just Michael adding on the context of the what the um, the mimes were doing was was it Angels Rising was the performance they were doing? Right. So yeah that, that fits.
3: <laughs> we don't wear we don't wear white face, <laughs> <laughs> all right, now what about
1: this one? Um, there's there's a lot of textures going on with this one.
3: Well that was you know, Caro sent me a, a, a painting. Um, that that was kind of a, a swirling enigma. And I I found myself drawn to trying to. I wanted to provide structure to to the enigma, you know, as, as a sort of a an explanation of of any open-ended question. And through inquiry, we can we can establish some realities within within things we don't
0: understand. Mm-hmm. The original painting I did, uh, the oil painting, the name was Omnipresence. And it's a sky with a, a female face all over. Uh, and it has something strange that after I finished the painting, I was like on a break and I look it from far away and I look that there was another face if you turn it upwards. So but I didn't make it on purpose. So it has something mystical on, on that painting. And I like it to to share it with <coughs> the collaboration. And he did a great work adding all the texture and colors. And it, it it's yeah, something great. And unusual.
1: Uh, it's an interesting choice for, to use, like, geometric shapes to try to make sense of what might appear to be chaos, I guess, like, as a way to organize and compartmentalize and you know, break it down into different parts, mm. but one thing I did notice, though, <clears throat> I'm not sure if um, this was on purpose or not, but whatever you use for, like, this grid, these boxes are not actually even on both sides. The ones on this side are bigger than the ones on this side. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: So was that was that on purpose? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll... Because, you know, it, sometimes it's interesting to just put a grid over everything and let the, the grid begin to find the composition. I didn't, I didn't want that. I think there are a, a lot of, there are many approaches to answering questions within an enigmatic composition. And uh, I, I tried to shore that up and at the same time show different perspectives.
0: And the result is kind of a Medusa med- medallion, I see it. The, the things that Michael added, mm-hmm. it, it, it enhances that, that feeling and kind of a Greek, with the column it was a great addition with the Greeks and all
1: uh, that. another thing, like the the... Grid slash it's, well, grid almost like mesh um, structure complements the like scaliness of this central uh, figure here, which I think that's where one of the faces you said is. Like, if I'm looking at this correctly, is that where one of the faces is? This top part here, the circle.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it was. But you need to see the original image, and it's not so so easy to see it. Gotcha. So Not going to find it here. All right. Yeah, but it's kind of yeah. It's a great combination of our artworks. Right.
1: All right. Now, did anyone have any questions for Carol or Michael about these two pieces, or comments, thoughts, any such thing?
9: The color uh, piece looks a lot like um, images set um, from, say, the photographing of um, the moon Titan, you know, the outer space photos and how you're looking at. Oftentimes, you, they superimpose this NASA schematics. Uh, from their monitoring devices. They sometimes superimpose that upon the images, uh, the photographs that are being taken of of a moon surface or a planetary surface or something like that. And it it looks like a combination um, of the monitoring schematics and uh, that's superimposed upon something going on on another planet or on another moon beside our own. And the, the face actually brings to mind the man in the moon. Uh, I yeah. can definitely
1: see that, yeah?
9: Yeah, yeah.
1: For the woman in the moon. The woman in the moon, yeah.
9: Well, the person in the moon. The person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, to me, the whatever whatever the gender may be of this person, they almost look pained, or is that just me?
9: it looks mocking to me and somewhat clownish. Okay. Sort of a winky-wink type of way. It's, uh, they, it's it actually, definitely
1: draws the eyes in, that's for sure. Yeah,
9: yeah. It reminds me of the, the um, early illustrations for books like Gulliver's Travels, mm. you know.
0: Um, yeah. It's fascinating.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: It will be interesting if, if for next time maybe to add the original pieces that we blend to finish.
1: That that could be a thing, yeah. Because um, that's that's one thing, we only see the finished products, not necessarily the behind the scenes that goes on with making these.
0: Yeah, and how, how technology changes everything. And right. You, yeah, it's really interesting.
1: All right, did anyone else have any questions or comments um, that they'd like to share with um, Carol or Michael?
6: I think both images are very dynamic and I like that a lot. They don't feel static to me at all. Um, And I agree, Uh, I just saw Roz made a comment that there's a mythological element to them. Yeah, it has that vibe and feeling to me. the snake looks like it's coming down to devour the scenery, to be, it's really cool looking and, and they are very textural, but I, I like the dynamism of both pieces, so well done.
0: Thank you, Michael. I, I wanted to, to achieve that feeling that the the snake was hunting the people and, and the planet and all that, it's a mysterious vibe. Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right, well, thank you for that.
0: Michael, our artwork was perfect. <laughs> it, it was an unusual combination, but it matched perfectly. Yes,
3: yeah. I'd
1: say it meshed very well,
2: yeah.
1: All right, well, thank you, too. Um, and thank you, Michael, again, for your, for your second. Uh...
0: Thank you. Thank you for working so hard for doing two collaborations instead of one.
3: <laughs> My pleasure.
1: Thank you. All right. Next up,
8: we have Nagin and Brandon's, I believe. Yes? Yep. Yes. If I, if I may, I made a mistake when placing these um, parallel horizontally. May I share my screen for a moment and share the original composition? Yeah. And then we can talk about that.
1: Yeah, sure. And then later on,
8: I'll update it on the website. Yeah. Um, thank you. And um, Nagin, if you want, do you want to jump in first and talk?
11: No, no, you go ahead,
8: please. Oh, okay. Well, um, so Nagin and I, I have to be honest, like this was really great, um, Davo, that you set this up. Um, this is, Nagin and I have formed a really, really beautiful friendship and collaboration. And we're already, we've been talking since working on this about next stage collaborations. Um, and also bringing in Nagin's partner into that as well and so that's been really fantastic um so we designed these as when you put them together in the frame that they would make virtually a perfect square and so there are four pieces they're extremely um can everyone see what's on my screen thank you they're extremely um inorganic in their posturing but very organic in their composition and their theme Um, And so we started talking about just general idea of conservation and species that are being harmed by people. Um, And it came together from a series of conversations we had about um, different topics of interest to us and things we care about in our own countries. And I'm in Wyoming in the U.S. And Nagin, currently, if I'm correct, Nagin, is in Tehran in Iran, um, formerly in the UAE. Um, and I started talking about my concerns about animal life um, in our oceans and in our river systems. I'm married to an ecology-based scientist, um, and I've been doing a lot of work around the use of plastics um, in the natural landscape and how it's affecting different species. So that's really how where I started from, and so I made the very top one to start and then Nagin augmented that one significantly. And then she made the second one, (coughs) and I augmented that. And then I think I made the third one, and then she augmented that, if that's correct. I'm having trouble remembering. And Nagin (laughs) Uh, made the fourth one. uh, Yeah, go ahead.
11: I think uh, we made uh, one half work done, yes. and we sweep the work, and then yes. we finished ourselves, our half yes. done, and finished the other
8: part. Thank you, yes. <laughs> so we each created one, we each then augmented another. Um, yes, so that's four pieces. So I'm going to stop talking for now, and I'll let Nagin jump in about this.
11: Yes, uh, it was an honor and pleasure to know uh, Brandon, and uh, I think uh, the collaboration is the best part of this community, because uh, it really gives you a very new point of view to the way you work and you see the uh, process. So we find a shared interest, uh, one of the shared interests that was environmental issues, and uh, I choose uh, Flamingos because in uh, 2020, some uh, 6000 migratory birds died mysteriously in Myanmar um, peninsula uh, and the cause of death has not uh, yet been announced so they think maybe it is human cause or poison or environmental change so uh, that's why you see the flamingos upside down because that was a very sad uh, event that I mean, it was like a summer and um, we saw very sad pictures of them. So, yeah.
8: And if I remember correctly, Nagin, you sent me a lot of the information from the media about the flamingos. And um, part of it was that they were migrating through and then they were poisoned, ultimately. Inadvertently, but recklessly.
11: Yes, I mean, they guess, but they haven't Definitely find a reason. They're not sure what happened. So I think, uh, on my part, I was working on the on the Mother Earth that uh, she could clean her. She would eventually clean herself up, and uh, we would be the one who lost. So there's no human in this <laughs> collaboration. Yeah.
8: Um, For me, I've been doing a lot of, um, moving into doing a lot of collage work with content that I gather, whether it's from drone footage or video, or just imagery I take. Um, Some of the trash heaps in the upper two pictures are actually um, wet plate plate collodion pieces that I did using Civil War era photography um, at our local trash dump. And so it's using this, um, specifically using uh, photographic technology from, Um, the Industrial Revolution or leading up to the Industrial Revolution type period and so thinking about using this very challenging and hard work to to photograph but so those are actually like the landfill where I live where um, and getting geeky about it from a scientific perspective um, conservationists talk about how our biomarker on the human, on the world, on the globe will be um, the layer of plastics that are left past humankind or past humankind as we know it. And so for me, it's really important to talk about the toxicology of things and how everything starts organically, becomes utilitarian, but then also ends up not really going back into organics because the way we use it, but it ends up harming organic matter and organic life. And so it's this idea of um, Industrial Revolution and then in the 1950s like using of lots of chemicals um, to um, for mass production um, that we use now in contemporary life and so how that leaches into the soil and leaches into the, all the animals and species and the plants and they change and how it leaches into waterways and wipes out whole colonies of birds for example so while they might be beautiful and uplifting I'm seeing in the comments as we go they're also Dire, I think, for both of us, we're really concerned about the animal species. So that was the, the drive for me, at least. Rather heavy, I realize. Yes. No. <laughs> so I'll stop, I'll unshare. Um, uh, it's rather heavy, but we're trying to address it through a discussion, through digital media, as an approach to create dialogue around it and for people to see it. So after this, since I made a mistake, I'll re-upload the image correctly into here, if that's okay.
1: Oh, it is is fine. Um, And going forward, um, if you are actually interested in participating in the collaboration project um, after this, Please let me know how you want your work displayed in in this virtual space. I mean, of course, there are limitations, but I want this the work that you show to be how you're envisioning it, or as, at least as close to that as possible. Um, so, if you feel like you have to break it up or break it down to make it work, you might not actually have to do that. Just keep it keep it all in one. And we'll we'll try to work something out. Like with um, C and um, C and Michael's this was the triptych, and I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to work, because um, I wasn't sure how thick the borders were going to be for the frame, um, and just the grid structure that the platform has, I wasn't sure, but ended up working out, I think, fairly well. <laughs> and yeah, just, just a little, just a little going going forward. Uh, um, does anyone have any questions for um, Brandon or uh, Nagin? Scrolling through the chat, and I don't think, there's a lot of praise, as, as usual. There's definitely a lot of praise um, in the chat. As p- poetic work, uh, gives a scroll painting feeling. The aesthetic is very cohesive, It has a lot of synergy. Um, has a calligraphic kil- uh, feeling, a narrative that flows and you know, uh, under the sea, unnatural but beautiful and scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess you wouldn't be able to get like the full breadth of the experience looking at them side to side like this. Uh, but this this version will not be the final version, so just keep that in mind if you're tuning in.
6: I, I appreciate um, that a heavy subject can be dealt with in a beautiful artistic manner. I don't think they need to be oppositional to one another, so I appreciate the success of this approach, of this collaboration. So, thanks to Brandon and Jean for this. Um, I, I think these would be perfect for any number of uh, environmental organizations to, uh, to utilize, because these are stunning. So, thank you. Thank you.
1: we have, I'm trying to um, give, like, a closer look of um, what's actually in these, because there's little details that you wouldn't be able to necessarily get, but there's, I think, this text, right? Negin? Are those words? Yes. Okay, so those are words.
8: Uh, Negin, you're muted.
11: <laughs> yes, that's word.
8: Ah, it's
1: hard to get a rank one this sometimes. <laughs> and the words are, um, I'm sure they have some meaning, but what um, in this particular one? Um, what what is this saying?
11: Um, it says, uh, "Where the birds are gone."
1: Where the birds are gone?
11: Yes, parang de gano'y
1: And is there text. It doesn't look like there's text in all of them, but I know there's some in the last two. Yeah, this
9: one.
1: If I can get Scott scrolling. Hold on. Mm. Technical difficulties, they have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, well, that's, that's different. Remember how earlier I said I accidentally threw through a wall? This is this is one of those moments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Mm.
8: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're on the outside now. Yeah. <sighs> I apologize. I, I apologize. I have to leave to go to class, but thank you everyone, and thank you very much, Davo and Nagin and Colin.
11: Thank you so All right,
8: much. Alright, thank you. Thanks, Brandon.
1: Alright, now we're back inside. Okay. See, I jinxed myself early on. I should have just never said I was gonna fly through a wall. <laughs> Okay. So this last one, this also has text. And what does this one say?
11: It's the same text.
1: Oh, it's the same thing? Okay. Yes. All right. That's, that's all I wanted to get a closer look at. Sorry, Sorry for spending <laughs> extra time with that. But thank you very much, Negin. And um, I was also going to thank Brandon, but he had to bounce. Yeah,
6: but Thank you, uh, thank everyone, you. for kind words.
1: Yeah, this is, this is a wonderful piece. Thank you. All right. Moving right along, we have um, Diane and Friedrich. Am I pronouncing your
4: first name correctly? Yes. All right. Uh, hi everybody. I don't think Diane is here. I, I haven't seen her. Yeah, I haven't seen her
1: either. So it might just be you today. Okay. So
4: uh, I work with Diane. Uh, we decided to uh, explore the the solar system because we are both uh, science fiction nerds. So <laughs> <laughs> we did uh, four pieces. Our process was to um, both start a piece at the same time and then switch canvas. And uh, that's how we did it. So our first stop uh, was on Mars. So it's this piece on the very left, oh, uh, on the, the very bottom. Left. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
1: the, the controls are a little
4: crazy yeah, yeah, sometimes. It's, it's, it's OK. <laughs> so this one is uh, set on Demio, one of uh, Mars' uh, satellites. So I, I provided the first uh, the, the first draw, and Diane, uh, uh, she responded to it. So we, we envisioned it like uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, like like uh, some kind of feverish uh, space. Uh, inside of Demio, and uh, the other piece uh, is the one on the top, the red one, and it's called the the battle trauma.
1: Sorry, (laughs) it's it's fighting me right now. (laughs)
4: Hold on. Okay, there we go. And um, I think that's interesting because, uh, Davo, you you said something earlier about how we choose to title the pieces, so when I received the Diane's piece, uh, it was called The Battle for Mars, and I really think, at least for me, I cannot speak for her, but the the name of the pieces that were translated had, uh, really had an influence on my answer to her work. I, I don't think I would have gone with uh, that uh, Akira explosion, uh, uh, nuclear blast field. Uh, if it wasn't called the battle format, you know. Right. And uh, <clears throat> the two other pieces, uh, we are on. Uh, we are, we continue to travel to Jupiter on uh, one uh, one moon uh, for uh, each piece. So there's one that is set on uh, Io. And uh, the other one is on Europa. So the purple one is Europa, and uh, the yellowish one is on Io. And uh, what, what I like is that uh, we didn't... Uh, that's my opinion. I cannot speak for Diane, but I, I, I think that our collaboration was... Uh, um, getting uh, better on the second round, we learned uh, to, I, I like the result better in the second round because uh, I don't know, something, uh, something uh, happened and uh, we understood each other uh, more and I think uh, the, the results are, uh, I, I enjoyed the, the results more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I know it's not very logical <laughs> when you think of it, <laughs> to see Jupiter like that, but. Anyway, it was a lot of fun to do it. And uh, one other thing that I loved about this collab is uh, to meet uh, Diane and to, uh, to, uh, to do that with her. And to, uh, we had a lot of laughter, and uh, we keep uh, meeting on a regular basis. And uh, we have more, uh, we are saturn uh, to, to explore, even if uh, we uh, slow down our pace a little bit. Uh, because there was no deadline anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, it was a super, uh, super experience. And uh, I, I, uh, I love the, the idea and the opportunity to do it. Well,
1: thank you. And I, I'm sorry if earlier if it seemed like you were, weren't going to get in. There was, there was a little bit of confusion that happened, but. Um, no, no, it's
12: okay.
1: Yeah. But these, these are really great. Like, I. As also a fan of space and <laughs> what goes on in it, um, I was actually particularly fascinated by just there's one one thing that you don't really see about space is that nothing else really has texture aside from the planets, mm-hmm. but with these works, you're you're providing like extra. Feeling almost like a tactile nature to the fabric of space itself, to the point where the fabric of space almost seems like it's fluid in some cases.
4: Yeah, and Uh I really, really appreciate that. That's really cool. On this one, on the the right, uh, there's a like on Europa. It's a a a nice moon, and there are a lot of uh, geyser. Yeah, and uh, so uh, there is this geyser and. Uh, suddenly, uh, this uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, space monster appears and it uh, <laughs> uh, the energy uh, to, uh, I don't know. I <laughs> think it's funny that uh, some kind of uh, entity ap- appears uh, and it's not expected. Anyway, <laughs> I'm rambling, I think.
1: Oh, no, it, I mean, as, as artists, we, we often ramble, so it, it happens. So that's <laughs> to be expected, I think, especially when we're talking about our work. All right. still struggling to like actually have the, the movement behave the way I wanted to. But um, did anyone have any questions for um, Frederick while he's here? So I'm seeing scrolling chats.
6: Yeah, I had a question about software used. If you could talk a little bit about what type
4: of software you used, that'd be, that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so with Diane, we both use Photoshop. And uh, also, there was some uh, Mandelbulber involved, uh, and Cinema 4D, and uh, okay. Very cool.
6: Thanks. Thanks. I really like these. Um, they look like they could be covers to science fiction novels. Um, they they got the right energy, but I like that they're not they're not your normal interpretation, and I I find that really cool. So really like the work a lot. Thanks,
4: Michael.
1: center one on the bottom is really ambiguous and interesting. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, that's that one, um, I think it's Io's Orbital Storm. Is this one? Yeah. Yeah, this one really drew me in as well. Oh, somebody said it um, makes think of refugees. Center one on the bottom huddle people under garments yeah yeah I could definitely yeah I could definitely see that too I also like to try and like allow a little bit of room for um, people to process what they're seeing <laughs> as I know the movement can be a little erratic sometimes as I'm trying to navigate Coons matrix but yeah it's there, there's a lot to take in with um, a lot of this work in this exhibition. So I, I suggest do zoom in once you actually get into, um get to zoom in as close as you can sometimes and it's worth it. So this one's almost Baroque. This one, it reminded me of space that was actually, like, enclosed in a room somewhere that was trying to break out. Like, these, these structures are actually trying to break out of a room or breaking into a room, one of the two. Okay. For uh, now,
11: um,
1: I think that's actually it for now. Um, with, as far as questions go, you got plenty of praise. Um, in the comments. Thank
4: yeah, thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah. The lighting elements, um, the lighting effects of the elements are great.
4: Yeah, I think they are dimensional portals. I think <laughs> they like <laughs>
1: that. Trans-dimensional portals, yep. <yeah. laughs> All right, thank you, Frederick. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that you were a part of this. Yeah, thank you. All right, and last but not least, we have Deanne and Tommy's collab, which actually includes text on two of the four or three of the four, two? Yes.
12: I'll let Tommy go, he's, are you still here Tommy? Because he has to go to class at four,
1: so, Oh. Uh, is he still here? Uh, let me let me check the, the sure list my microphone's been working at all so i'm just it has to... not because this is the first time i've heard your voice <laughs> oh good
10: well i wasn't trying to talk until now so it's totally fine um yeah i mean uh, i do have to run i have like five minutes before i gotta go so i'll just maybe um say how great this was first of all as a process um Deanne, this is like a wonderful kind of thing to look back on now. This is, it feels like it was a long time ago, right? And we we had you know, a bunch of, wow, yeah, um, conversations that we were sort of, I feel like this was the depths of um, COVID pandemic that we were working together in. And um, talking about place and the sort of effect of um, what was going on in the places we were in. Um, and similarities, both in our experience and also then the visual things that we were finding in each other's work. Um, uh, the the shapes that, uh, yeah, I think we're looking at here, we're begun, we, we, we send stuff back and forth a lot. And um, gosh, do you know? do you remember how many times we
12: exchanged? Oh, yeah, so I would that just one. play around with different things. We were using um, Sketches Pro to share our work back and forth, and I would just bombard Tommy with a whole bunch of stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> he would take it and make sense of it <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, we were coming from two different places. Like I was reading a book called The Midnight Library, which was talking about like alternate versions of your own life, like infinite versions of your own life, and... Um, and then in, con- in context with the pandemic. And then, um, so I, and Tommy sent me these really amazing images of like, from his algorithm. One was uh, an accordion player, and then one was of a, a streetscape. And I was completely obsessed with the accordion player. I'm sure he was like, all right, give the accordion player a rest already. But, uh, uh,
10: the accordion player is me, so I, I'm flattered that, he was, you know, you picked it. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassingly um, and actually, the accordion motif shows up a bunch,
9: was, um, you. Okay.
10: Right, because you, you chose that sort of shape mm-hmm. and, and expanded it. And, and I think it's up there on the upper left in that top picture, top left picture, the horizontal stripes came from the accordion even. And we sort of pushed things to a very abstract extreme, which is not something that I do in my work. Um, but it was really interesting place to go. Um, and. Um, oh, and then the, so the text, um, uh, I had a cousin that passed away from COVID, and, and you know, we're just processing that. Um, and, and here's a, a quote of his that I think is, is poignant. Um, he was a famous anarchist anthropologist. So look him up. Uh, so I, mean, I, I think that kind of sense of trying to make meaning out of the chaos is what both of us were sort of talking about a lot, you know, with our own sort of very personal experiences and how similar they were in this moment and how, I mean, it was great to be able to converse through this project, you know, and process that. I think that just looking back on these, it really makes me kind of smile that we were able to make something of it. Yeah, and I think, you know,
12: that, um... We never really decided any of these things were done. We just sort of it was sort of like you are done now because you need to give us your images. <laughs> we probably could have worked on them, like kept exchanging back and forth for you know quite a while longer. We were having really a lot of fun with the process. I think was was what it came down to. So.
1: And you know what? If you if you guys wanted to continue. I'm not gonna stop you. Like this is just, I just needed stuff to be able to put this exhibition. Like, if you wanted to keep going, by all means, continue to collaborate. Like, I, as I get, as I said before, I just laid the foundation. You guys build whatever on top of that foundation that you see fit, and it can go as high or for as long as you wanted to. Um, but this, my my favorite one of these, I think it's this one. It actually doesn't have any text on it, but. There is so much here. <laughs> there is so much here, and my my eyes were immediately drawn to like the two. Well, the only two words that I could see anyway are "rejoice" up here at the top, and then "live" down here in the bottom left corner.
12: Um, yeah, those and and were inspired by the accordion player.
1: Yeah. So the that, image that, that, yeah that accordion player who may not actually be Tommy himself.
10: <laughs> that's, that's me wrapped in the depths of winter when I go out to the river and spare my family. <laughs> <laughs> accordion practicing. Um, and actually, this is a really interesting one to me. I'm looking back on it now. Um, I remember Deanne sent me a version that had sort of some repetition going on in the right-hand side that we retained above this bicyclist that we were discussing, um, you know, sort of in negative form there in the lower right-hand. There's what appears to me right now, sort of within sort of recent conversation in the media especially, are are the Twin Towers seeming to burn in the distance. And actually this picture is of Barrack Street, which is lower 7th Avenue, um, 7th Avenue South. I'm um, sort of looking <laughs> Um It was haunting because this picture didn't have that in it with the one I sent, but somehow Ian with this sort of process, um, it, it popped up in there when she sent me a version, so that was really
12: cool. Yeah. And the, the um, pixelation aspect of a couple of them, um, that was just an accident. I was trying to cop- copy and paste from one app to another, and ended up copying this, like, blown up one small section that gave me these really interesting pixelations, and then I just kind of, and then we just kind of went with it and started layering that into the images as well. So, you know, it was sort of a series of, you know, just go with the flow and and see what comes of it, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the whole process.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to the whole thing about artifacts earlier. Like, they pop up. You can You can run with them if they pop up and they'll produce all sorts of interesting things. And the pixelation stuff is just, it's kind of along the same lines with that, where it's it can be unexpected with, you know, just changes in resolution or changing from a program can produce all sorts of interesting effects.
12: Exactly, it's, it's just really, and then Tom, I love this one that Tommy did because he took a whole bunch of different images and really collaged them in a really interesting way to me. And then we layered on the pixelation parts, and I think it came together really
1: well. I, inclined uh, to agree. Uh, one thing too that I noticed this shape right up here at the top, left, so like the left of rejoice, is that a like, what what is that? It's, it's a trap light. A, yeah, traffic light. It's, okay, that's why I thought it was. I was like, it it looks like a trap light, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but okay.
12: Yeah, the streetscape image that Tommy sent was really interesting. And I was trying to, because I was reading the book about the Midnight Library and the the alternate worlds, I was almost trying to double up on certain images within that one image, trying to make almost like two worlds sort of running in parallel to each other, but you're just not aware of it. And the traffic light was part of that, and then it just sort of became part of the the overall collage together. The traffic this. light
10: is repeated, I think, on the right-hand side.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it, once on. you notice it, see it yeah. showing up again. So on the bottom right corner, like down here, right?
12: Yeah.
10: It's the same traffic light? Same traffic light. And actually, next to the one all the way on the right, you can see the current World Trade Center oh. in sort of a, a white outline. The the I think one of the original images for this were was a um, what I'd call an alpha channel or a layer mask that I generated for my work that um, is just black and white, uh, and and often has these strange outlines that pop up, um, and, and yeah, you can make out the current World Trade Center there, and that's why it was so strange to see the other one ghosted in front of it. Right. Uh, I've been listening to ghost stories too much. There's um,
1: quite a few people that are definitely getting Raschenberg. Um, Vibes from this? Um, Yeah, there' quite a few people. (laughs) Before you have to leave, um, I have to say that both your work and Ian's
6: work that I've really been drawn to are your black and whites. So I'm curious as to, I mean, I see black and white elements in, in some of these, but that there's color in each of these images. So I'm curious, did that just sort of organically come about or did you not want to do a black and white uh, collaborative image?
12: We never really discussed it, actually. I think it just sort of happened organically.
10: Okay. A lot of them started black and white, though, I think. Yeah, they did. You had certain elements like that yellow blotch was something in the beginning, right? We kept using it in different ways. I forget where that came from, but that was one of your pieces, I think, that we were sort of pixelating and abstracting further as we sent it back and forth. So Michael, it's interesting. I mean, as the said, we didn't consciously add color, but I think we definitely were looking at each other's black and white pictures as starting points, and you could see them being very dominant. And honestly, maybe we picked, we had so many more, Deanne, that we sent back and forth, and we were continuing to go, and then we are like, oh, wait, we got to send in four? And so we might have picked the most colorful ones. I don't know. You know, it's it's an interesting question. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you.
1: Does anybody else have any questions or comments um, for Deanne or Tommy while he's still here, because he's got to go to class very soon? (laughs) If not, um, I can go ahead and start wrapping things up um, with us all.
0: You're listening to Arbit. I'm your host, Giovanna. Open for collaborations, suggestions, and any inquiry. Send email to woman at gmail.com D-U-B-W-O-M-A-N at gmail.com Thank you. See you next time.